You're listening to Just Food, a podcast about the complex web of people and places behind what we eat. This is the first in a series brought to you by the Berkeley Food Institute at the University of California, Berkeley. In each episode, we'll bring you stories from people vital to our food supply. I'm your host, Laura Clivens, and I'm here with reporter Elisa Escarce. Hey there. Hi. For this inaugural episode, we're talking about farm worker conditions and a certification program that's trying to improve them. Right. So, Laura, when you go shopping for produce, do you look for stuff that's organic or fair trade? Yeah, I do. I also like to go to farmer's markets, and a lot of the stuff there is organic. Yeah. So, you know, organic food is popular, and some people also look for stuff that's GMO-free or that's Mm free-range. So today we're going to talk about another kind of food label. And it's about how farm workers who grow and pick our food are treated. Right. And to see if this is something people are interested in, I asked folks at the farmer's market that I go to. Those workers, they do work really hard, actually. So um, to have that kind of uh, protection, I guess, for them would be great, actually. I'd purchase that and promote it and support it. I think that we need to find a way to make it sustainable for the people that are working on the farms. Okay, so... It sounds like people might be into this. Yeah, it does. So what is this new food label? It's from an organization called the Equitable Food Initiative, or EFI. And it started just a couple years ago, but it's growing pretty fast. Over 20 major farms in North America are part of it. And you spent the last several weeks talking to farm workers who are involved in the program, right? Yeah, that's right. So I spent some time with them at work and also at home. Nice. So where are you going to start us off today? We're starting in Moss Landing, which is a tiny town just south of Santa Cruz on California's central coast. This area is the strawberry growing capital of the world, and fields of strawberries sprawl out everywhere you look. We're here to talk to Barbara Resendiz. She's one of the people who picks these strawberries. Barbara lives in a small blue house with three bedrooms, and it's the afternoon, so her son is home from school. My name is Dylan, and I'm 10 years old. He's in fourth grade. And he shows me around the backyard. Um, over here, we're standing like on almost on a farm of chickens. One is tiny, the other one is Georgina. Over here, we have some plants, um, lemons, figs, a pear tree. Barbara's originally from Mexico, but she's lived in this house since before Dylan was born, along with her brother and his family. Barbara's a single mom, and that's a big part of why she decided to work harvesting strawberries. I really like strawberries because they're seasonal, and I have more time with my son. Everything else is secondary. He's the main thing, and I want him to see that he can count on me. Barbara is devoted to Dylan. She taught him to read when he was just a toddler. Now that he's older, she still helps him with his homework. She's even taking English classes so that she can keep up when his assignments get harder. Sometimes they do their homework together, and Dylan helps his mom pronounce new words. Good. Good. (laughs) New, <laughs> new. Barbara spends right. a lot of time with Dylan, but soon that's going to change. After about five months off, strawberry picking season is almost here. And when Barbara's working, she's in the fields working really hard. She picks roughly 500 containers of strawberries every day for a take home of about 35 cents per container. Wow, that doesn't seem like much. It doesn't. But Barbara's actually making more than the average farm worker. She says she's taking home about $20,000 a year. And her working conditions, they're better than average, too. 
Barbara even has a leadership position at Sierra Farms, where she works. That's not so common for harvesters. That position is because of EFI? Yes. The farm where Barbara works was one of the first to join EFI. And actually, this leadership aspect is the core of the certification program. Leadership is? I would expect the program to be about fair wages or minimizing pesticide exposure, things like that. Yeah, it is. EFI covers that stuff, too. But they really emphasize leadership for farm workers. So for Barbara, how has that made her life better? Here's an example. A few years ago, she was talking to her crew leader. That's her direct supervisor. I asked for permission to go to my son's school because he was student of the month, so I wanted to be with my son. And my crew leader said, no, ma'am, you're not going anywhere until we finish. But through EFI, Barbara had learned to speak up for herself. That's part of this leadership thing I'm talking about. So she went to talk to a different supervisor, and he told her to go ahead and take the time off. And she went to go see Dylan be student of the month. What did it feel like to have your mom be there? I was pretty happy. And also because she was going to take me home and I was not going to ride the bus. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's one way EFI helps farm workers. But there's a lot more to it than that. And to get the bigger picture, I meet up with a pair of researchers. Ron Strolick And Christy Getz. They work at the University of California. And they've been studying EFI for the last year. And they start off by saying that generally, farms are just not great places to work. You know, farm workers probably have some of the worst working conditions of any sector in the United States. Wages are low. It's also seasonal, so that's a number of weeks where there's often no farm work. There are high rates of wage theft, sexual assault, and people even die from the heat. Farm workers also suffer from high rates of food insecurity, so that's kind of the paradox, that the very people who pick and harvest our food often can't afford to eat that very food. And Ron and Christy say these problems are hard to fix because a lot of farm workers are scared to talk about them. And that's mostly because of their immigration status. I think it's safe to say that at a minimum, 70% of people are undocumented, probably much higher than that. There's a lot of threats of getting people deported if they, you know, make any waves. Or just from the way farms work internally. Often, um, labor management relations can be very punitive. Um, if farm workers speak up, they can be fired. This is where EFI comes in. It sets up standards for safer, healthier conditions in the field, and even addresses how farming impacts the environment. Cool. But what I really notice when reading through the standards is that they're trying to make it easier for farm workers to do what Barbara did, basically to speak up about things that aren't working for them. The way EFI gets at this is through what it calls leadership teams. Barbara represents her crew of harvesters on the leadership team at Sierra Farms. So how do leadership teams work? Once a month, Barbara and other volunteer leaders go to meetings at 6 a.m. before harvesting even starts. They meet with other strawberry pickers and crew leaders and managers, people who work on different parts of the farm. They all sit together and they just talk about stuff they've noticed. And then they make plans for what they want to do better. And what about the rest of the workers? Do they go to these meetings too? They have other trainings, but they get the information from the leadership team members. That sounds great. But it does make me wonder what's in it for the farms. I mean, we're talking about businesses that need to make a profit. So the way Ron explains it, the EFI label would eventually have the benefit of an organic label. So the idea is for people like you and me to go to the store and see EFI certified product and buy that over something that's not certified. That makes sense. Like, if those people I talk to at the farmer's market go out and buy EFI stuff, that ends up making the EFI farms more money. That's the idea, yeah. 
But when I talk to the director of operations at Sierra Farms, she tells me something a little different and surprising about why EFI is good for farms. It's spring, and strawberry plants at Sierra Farm are flowering. Rows of soil are wrapped in clear plastic, and strawberry plants poke out the top. That's Jacqueline Vasquez. She's the director of operations at Sierra Farms. She's showing me around as workers prepare the fields for this year's harvest. The workers go up and down the rows, and they stick their hands through holes in the clear plastic and rip out weeds that are growing inside. These berries will be ready to pick in a couple weeks, and then they'll be on shelves at grocery stores all over the country. My responsibility is to make sure that we meet or exceed budget, that we are efficient in finding technical ways of doing things that are going to make things more efficient and save us money. Even with Jacqueline's focus on speed and finances, she says being a part of EFI means better berries and a better operation. For her, it's worth the fee the farm pays to participate in the program, and worth the extra hours it means she puts into her job to make sure workers have what they need. She goes to all of the leadership team meetings. Are we actually listening and we're actually giving you what you're telling us you need instead of us just saying, hey, we decided that we think that you need this, so we're going to do it for you. So Jacqueline can respond faster when problems come up, like if harvesters need more water when it's hot out. Or, hey, I'm in the row and I'm seeing that this person is being treated unfairly. Stop. Let's talk about it. Making sure her workers are happy will help Jacqueline a ton in a couple weeks. That's when these plants will have ripe red strawberries. And she'll need almost 500 workers to pick them. Getting those workers is really hard. Immigration from Mexico slowed down a few years ago. And since then, there's been a big labor shortage in agriculture all over the U.S. Where you need 30 people and maybe five show up. And so you actively have to go and go to laundromats, go to grocery stores, put signs up. So EFI is certainly a tool for us to be able to get people to come here and really want to stay with us. Before Sierra Farms joined EFI, Jacqueline says 40% of their workers came back from one year to the next. Now that number is 60%. So the farm has to spend less money on going out to find new workers and to train them. As we drive along, Jacqueline points to a strawberry field on the other side of the street. Right now, the fields look really good here, but then in two weeks, across the street, they hear that some field is having like a boom in number. So they're going to jump ship and go to the other field, which happens in agriculture all the time. In order to get our crops picked, things need to be pretty good on the farm here, or at least better than they are across the road. Wow, that's interesting. So it sounds like it's not just customers voting with their dollars that makes EFI work, but also the choices the workers make to stay there. Yeah, the labor shortage gives farm workers more leverage to decide where they'll work. And some are choosing to work on EFI certified farms. Can Jacqueline really get hundreds of workers to keep coming back just by letting them speak up more? Is there any sort of money involved here? Yeah, a little. EFI requires farms to pay a little more than the minimum wage. And Costco, which is one of the stores that buys a lot of the fruit, pays extra for it so that the workers can get a bonus. Barbara makes about an extra $70 or so from that every month. Well, that's something. Yeah. Does that mean EFI produce is more expensive? Not at Costco, at least. A buyer there says the store is hoping to make money by selling large quantities of EFI berries. So in the long term, they hope people start looking for the label the way they look for organics now. 
I guess that makes sense, but it's still kind of surprising to me that a big store would just eat the cost of a bonus for farm workers. So that's the other thing that's interesting about EFI. Big grocery stores like Costco or Whole Foods are actually a part of it. EFI is made up of retailers, growers, and even farm worker unions. Wow, that's such a weird combo. Big companies and unions? Haven't those been opposed to each other in the past? Totally. But it seems like everyone gets something they need out of EFI. Jacqueline's farm gets more workers, Costco gets better fruit, and farm workers make more money and are safer. So that makes unions happy. Still, though, you said Barbara's making around $20,000 a year, right? And, and that is not a lot of money. Right. The researchers I talked to about this said they think EFI is making things better for the 10,000 farm workers on EFI farms. But the program isn't totally solving all the problems they listed at the beginning. Here's Christy Getz. I think it's doing a lot in terms of bringing bad conditions up to, you know, relatively tolerable and sometimes really good conditions, but it's not necessarily bringing these workers out of poverty, if that makes sense. So this may not drastically change how much money farm workers make. But EFI farm workers say there's been a big change in the culture on farms because now the workers are treated with more respect. The person who really drives this home for me is Juan Cortes. Okay. He also works at Sierra Farms. And he's showing me machines the farm uses to control pests. We use this one to spray pesticides. The farm has lots of tractor-like machines. One is really big and orange and has a label that says bug vac. The bug vac is a truck-sized vacuum, and it sucks the pests off crops so you don't have to use as many chemicals to kill them. Juan represents the crew of drivers and maintenance workers on the farm's EFI leadership team. He makes sure the fields have enough toilets for workers, and he keeps things like the bug vac in shape. Juan is 30, and he's been working on strawberry farms since he was 13. And he started out as a harvester, like Barbara. He's worked on several farms, but he's stayed at Sierra Farms the longest. Nine years. I like how the company treats me and the opportunities I've had. The thing Juan likes most about EFI is what he's learned about communication. He says he used to get mad all the time. Like, if someone took a piece of equipment he needed to run the tractor, that would just set him off. But then he started going to EFI trainings. He'd do exercises with the other employees where they'd write their feelings out on big pieces of paper. They explain everything, how to speak to people with respect, all that. You learn how to ask for something, how to listen to people, lots of things. The training actually helped me in my personal life, too. Juan is married with three little daughters and another on the way. He says his girls always want to play when he gets home from work. But before EFI trainings, he'd often say no. He was stressed and tired from work, and he just wanted to go to bed. But now that's changed. Now when I get home, I'll be sitting on the sofa and my daughters all run over to me. They want to go to the park, they want to go play. And I say, okay, let's go. I can make time for everything. I go by Juan's house after work one afternoon. And sure enough, he's out there behind his house, playing with his kids. That's a sweet way to end this story. Thank you for all your reporting, Elisa. Thank you, Laura. You're listening to Just Food, a podcast about the complex web of people and places behind what we eat. This is a production of the Berkeley Food Institute. 
For more information about the Institute or more background on the Equitable Food Initiative, please visit food.berkeley.edu. This episode of Just Food is produced by Laura Clivens and Elisa Escarce. The music is by Roy Burrill. Thanks for listening.